I went to the hospital and we brought him home and I picked him up and I felt nothing. Oh, it's hard it's hard to to say that, but I felt nothing. I had this baby in my arms that I knew was my son, but I didn't feel any connection to him. I didn't feel any love for him. I just felt who is this stranger in my arms right now? Mm. And what what am I supposed to do with this? Um, honestly, that was my first reaction and the first thought and feeling that I had. And then from there, it just kind of spiraled because in my head, I'm thinking, well, what's wrong with you? You know, why aren't you feeling this thing that every woman feels? Why aren't you feeling madly in love? And where's that connection? Every woman has it with her baby immediately. navigate this new state of life and to talk about the honest and the raw moments in motherhood. I'm your host, Lena Forrestal. I'm a working mom by day and a blogger and photographer by mid-afternoon. And as a first-time mom myself, I'm on this journey with you. So, new mamas, let's do it. Let's kick off the episode and get to the good stuff. In this episode, we're going to be talking about postpartum depression. Thankfully, this is a topic that I feel like is getting more and more attention, but I still think there's a lot of stigma around it. I'm hoping that the more we talk about it, the more we can help other moms who are going through it and feel like they're less alone. One of my goals with this podcast is to help dismantle a lot of stigmas around postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, which was something that I personally went through. So for today, I invited Megan Kramer to help tell her story about how, wait, to help? No. I invited Megan Kramer today to tell her story about how she went through postpartum depression. Megan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really happy that I now feel confident and in a good place to speak about this. So again, thanks for helping me. I hope that I can relate to or somebody listening can relate and maybe it will spark and encourage them to say something or to tell their story. So yeah, I'm excited. Thanks again for having me. Um, I am a working mom to a 20 month old boy. I can't believe he's already almost two. And we actually just relocated from Washington, D.C. to Minneapolis, Minnesota in the middle of winter. Wow. So that's been really fun during a pandemic when it's super cold out, just finding activities for the little one. But yeah, so you know, as I said, um, 20 month old, I am 20 months postpartum and I am just now recently feeling like I am a hundred percent back to myself and what I was pre baby and obviously changed because a little one is going to change anyone. But, uh, I finally feel like me. I finally feel like Megan again. So to start, I actually have to start with my birth story. Um, I won't give you the whole thing because it's a long one, but I do feel like it did contribute to my PPD in some ways. So I, uh, when my partner and I got pregnant, we were obviously ecstatic and I am a little bit of a type A in that I'm a planner and I'm a researcher. So immediately, you know, I was reading all the books I was talking to all of the moms, all of the doctors, what can I expect? What, how do you take care of a newborn? And everything that I was getting and reading and, you know, the results online are all about birth 
itself and taking care of a baby afterwards, postpartum depression and what your body goes through in the recovery is nowhere to be found. Like it's just something that people don't talk about, or at least not that I heard in talking to even new moms and talking to doctors. It was just very much like, okay, here's how you breathe during labor. And mm-hmm. here's, you know, here are your options. Are you going to get the epidural or not? Nobody talks about once the baby's out, you know, I was so stressed. Exactly. I was so stressed about the epidural and like stuff that honestly, not that it didn't matter, but like you said, there was no one prepares you. No one, no one talks about post. It's always about prenatal leading up to the birth and then birth is huge. It's focused on like prepare for the pain, breathe, you know, but there's a ton of pain afterwards and and sleep deprivation, all these chemicals in your brain. And it's just crazy. And no one talked about that. So, so I didn't prepare for it at all. I just had my birth plan and I was like, this is how exactly how it's going to happen. And this is how I'm going to feel afterward. And it'll be some pain, but it'll be fine. And I'll be, I had a pretty intense labor. It was about 22 hours, which, you know, it's long, but people have had longer. He, his head actually got stuck. And so I had to have the episiotomy and he ended up ripping me even more. So much so that I needed 12 stitches afterwards. So it was, it was intense for sure, for sure. But what it ended up happening is because he was stuck for so long in the canal um, and he couldn't come out, the umbilical cord actually got wrapped around his neck. So he was okay. He was okay. But when he came out, he wasn't breathing correctly and he was very purple. And so they tried, there was a lot of fluid stuck in his lungs. And so he came out and obviously I had just given birth. I was, my head was not in it. Um, I was so confused and they put him on my chest for about 10 seconds and they said, okay, we need to take him away. So he came out, was on my chest very briefly and they took him out of the room and I don't really know what happened from there. So immediately it was just like my body had experienced this huge trauma and I'm exhausted from pushing and from hours of labor. And now my baby's not even here. So what just happened? You know, in my mind, I'm thinking, whoa, what? I I just needed to calm myself and figure out what happened. So I immediately, you know, my husband is checking on me. I said, I'm fine. Just go go with the baby, figure out what's going on. My son ended up staying in the NICU intensive care for six days after birth. He's fine. He's thriving now. But it was a very surreal experience because I didn't really get to meet him. He was put on my chest very briefly and we had visiting hours twice a day. But again, he was on a respirator. And so, you know, even holding him was just a very unique experience where I couldn't really have that skin to skin. I couldn't really breastfeed. They were bottle feeding him. I was pumping. Um, And so that introduction that you read about and that you see of this beautiful moment immediately putting them on your chest just didn't happen for me. And so I don't think that was totally everything that caused my PPD, but I think it definitely kind of created this. I was just missing that connection. I didn't have right away. And so, you know, we were discharged from the hospital after three days and we went home without a baby. And that was just a I just got chills listening to that because that's so hard. It's so hard. And it was just, I mean, I had had this thing inside of me for nine months, went to bed every night with him, woke up, spent the day together. And now he wasn't in there and I was sleeping in my bed at home, but he wasn't there anymore. Oh, gosh. it, It was a very weird experience. And I think that definitely contributed to it. I mean, my body obviously was completely ruined and I didn't have a baby and so it was just a lot at once I think that definitely sparked it and then in my mind I thought oh tomorrow you know the day before I thought okay tomorrow I get to pick him up this is so exciting I'm finally gonna feel 
you know, this incredible moment where I connect immediately with him and he's my baby and I'm going to fall madly in love with him, just like I see in the movies, right? You know, or I look at him and he looks at me and there's this huge connection. And that wasn't so. It didn't happen that way. I went to the hospital and we brought him home and I picked him up and I felt nothing. Oh, it's hard, it's hard to, to say that, but I felt nothing. I had this baby in my arms that I knew was my son, but I didn't feel any connection to him. I didn't feel any love for him. I just felt who is this stranger in my arms right now? Mm. And what what am I supposed to do with this? Um, honestly, that was my first reaction and the first thought and feeling that I had. And then from there, it just kind of spiraled because in my head, I'm thinking, well, what's wrong with you? You know, why aren't you feeling this thing that every woman feels? Why aren't you feeling madly in love? And where's that connection? Every woman has it with her baby immediately. You know, it comes out and you are connected for life. And so I started to kind of like self-shame and feel really, you know, upset with myself that I didn't feel that. And it just kind of immediately, the postpartum happened right away. And there it just got out of control. It got worse and worse and worse. You know, so I started to get, you know, two days after that, I was like, every night I would tell myself, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to feel it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then I would wake up and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I would wake up, I would nurse him, I would rock him back to sleep. And I felt this void of like, I don't feel a connection to this human being at all. And I kept telling myself that it would get better and it didn't. It, it got worse and worse because I was shaming myself and I was feeling bad that I wasn't feeling these things that I thought I was supposed to feel. I feel like society glamorizes a lot of these moments. Mm-hmm. And I feel like more often than not, they're not so. It's not this immediate connection right away or even at the hospital I've I've had a lot of women come on here and, and share similar that their babies were taken away immediately because of you know just breathing issues or they just need to run tests it, that experience is jarring I just I, I personally feel like there's not a lot of prep at the doctor they they take care of you right your gynecologist your OBGYN they're taking care of you but I feel like they don't that post care it's not there yeah and so, you know, about uh, probably about a week after, after we brought him home, I started to get these anxiety attacks mm. where I just would like my chest would get really tight and I would have a really hard time breathing. And I would really just like hyperventilate where I just could not breathe. And so my husband, luckily, I have such a great husband, super supportive partner. And he was like, you know, this this is something that I can't help you with. I mean, we were talking every night. He was kind of helping me through it. But he said, this is something that you need professional help with. I can't. There's only so much I can do. So he did kind of all the grunt work and found a psychiatrist that was covered under our insurance. Um, and I started to go and see her. But again, even even seeing her, I felt very ashamed of myself. Mm-hmm. I thought, what is wrong with me where I need to go and pay somebody to listen to my problems? Like I need something's wrong here. Like, what is wrong with me? You know, it was very hard for me to even open up to her. She would ask me questions and I would give her a half honest answer because I was too ashamed to give her the full answer. It it just took, it was a few weeks of that steadily going and not really feeling better. She prescribed me uh, antidepressants and I did not take them, which is one of my biggest regrets. What made you choose not to, to take them? Were you scared? No, it wasn't. I had no problem with the idea of, you know, medication to help someone with anything. But I, in my head, was like, this is my own problem. 
that I need to work through and I have to figure this out on my own. That obviously didn't help. If I have one bit of advice, it'd be to listen to your doctors and to take the medication because it is a, you know, it's an imbalance, a chemical imbalance in your brain. And that's exactly what the medication is designed to do is to help you with that. Um, so to make it easier on yourself, just do it. I wish I would. My son was diagnosed with colic three weeks after we brought him home. And for those of you that don't know, colic is, they still don't have a real definition for it, but it's babies who cry, like screaming, inconsolable crying for three or more hours a day. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So for my son, it was usually two times a day for three hours each. So it's a total of about six hours that he would just scream bloody murder and there was absolutely nothing you could do. It wasn't that he was hungry. It wasn't that he needed a diaper. There was nothing that he needed. He just would cry. And so, you know, having not felt this connection, having these anxiety attacks and now having a baby that screaming at me multiple hours a day, it was just all at once. It was so much. I actually started to resent him, mm. to resent my son and regret having him. And I thought, why did I do this? I had him, I feel nothing. And now he screams at me all day. I, I really, I resented him. And so luckily my partner was extremely supportive um, and he would take care of the baby all day. I would simply nurse him, pass him off. And that was really helpful. But I mean, I, I just did, could not stand to be around my son. And so that feeling of not knowing myself, not wanting to know my child, uh, it just spiraled out of control and got worse and worse. Um, I also went to some mom's groups, um, but there, you know, I'm, I'm sure you experienced similar where you would go around the room, everyone brought their baby. This is pre-COVID, everyone brought their baby and you went around the room and you talked about your experiences. And I'm sure some of them were being honest. Maybe there were some who felt the same way I did, but mm -hmm. it was a whole bunch of, you know, questions about breastfeeding or sleep deprivation, but it was a lot of, I'm in love with my baby. Uh -huh. This is the greatest thing in the world. And look how cute and just this happy environment, which is fantastic. Um, but as a mom of postpartum depression, I was sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, I'm literally the only one in the room. Oh, gosh. Who feels this way. And so I'm definitely not going to say it. I'm definitely, when it comes to me, I'm not going to be like, hey, I feel zero connection to my child and I don't want to be around him. And, and I do genuinely believe that there were women there who felt similar to me. Maybe not the same, but I'm sure there were women in that group who were feeling a little bit blue or, you know, depressed or had issues with connecting to their baby who just didn't say it. And unfortunately, that's still where we are today as a society where women don't feel like they can come out and speak their truth. And that's sad. And I hope that I think it is getting better, but I hope that it continues to get better and better. The biggest help is talking about it and yes. hearing people talk about it. That was the most helpful thing is just people telling me this is normal. This is OK. This isn't you. You know, having my psychiatrist tell me that your brain is chemically imbalanced right now. Your body went through trauma. Your son is screaming at you for multiple hours a day. You're sleep deprived. Your brain's chemicals are not where they need to be. And that's not your fault. It was no decision that you made. It was no action that you took. That is the sort of thing that I needed and that women need to hear and realize is that it is not your fault. It's nothing that you're doing. It happens. You know, 50% of women approximately get some sort of baby blues after birth, immediately after birth, and then 10 and 20% of those are longer term, more severe depression. Mm -hmm. So it's way more common than we think, you know, and hearing that over and over started to make me feel a little bit better and started to make me realize that it wasn't me, that this wasn't something I just needed to work out, you know, 
and feel ashamed about. You know, I, I ended up going to a postpartum mom's group. So it was separate than the other mom's group where I was hearing all oh, this positive. I love my baby. We're so connected yeah. to a specific postpartum group. And that was super helpful because I heard from moms with babies the same age say, I feel nothing towards my kid. And that was like, oh, man, I don't either. I'm not alone. This is okay. I don't need to feel ashamed. I can mm-hmm. get through this. Look at more people are dealing with this too than just me. I hope that someone listening is getting inspired by this or is feeling less alone. Mm-hmm. Um, that there are women out there who are feeling this way or thinking this way, um, and it's okay. I would recommend if there if there's anything I would recommend, it would be to seek help. Know that you're not alone. Take whatever is prescribed to you to help you out. And biggest, the biggest thing that I would say before giving birth is to prepare yourself, to educate yourself, not only for the birth and what that could look like, but what postpartum could look like for you. Recovery, you know, physically, emotionally, um, you know, something that we had to do in the, in the middle of having this brand new baby with sleep deprivation was look up psychiatrists who were, you know, under our insurance plan and whose rates were affordable. And that is something that I really wish we would have prepared for in advance, so we would have had it ready. So anyone out there who's pregnant um, or who knows someone, I would really say, hey, take the time before that baby comes to prepare yourself for postpartum depression. Hopefully you will never need to use it, use those resources, but it would be incredibly beneficial to have that ready in case you do experience it. You know who to call, you know where to go, and you've already kind of known, you can recognize the symptoms. He just made me think of, you know, one of the things I stressed about was, oh, crib sheets. And like, like you think about, think of all the little things you take the time to prepare. Like maybe instead of building that baby dresser, like taking, take the time to look up exactly like you said, therapists that, or psychologists or psychiatrists that are in network who are taking clients, there's who rates are affordable, right? There's so much that goes into it. And it seems like, you look back and you think maybe you suffered a little bit um, unnecessarily, like if you had taken the medication. And I, I feel the same. I feel like I look back and I'm like, I went through a lot of unnecessary suffering. Yeah. But one of the things I suffered from postpartum anxiety, I didn't see the signs. I wasn't going through it saying, I, oh, I'm really freaking paranoid. I have postpartum anxiety. Like, I didn't know what I was. I just was. Did you recognize the signs? Like, was there a moment that you said, this is postpartum depression or? It was first existing. And there, you know, that moment, uh, probably three weeks in when I felt resentment towards him, I knew I felt resentment and I regretted having him. I just wanted to take it all back. Um, I didn't want him in my life at all. And that was the moment where I'm like, okay, what I'm feeling right now, it's not his fault, not him. It's something that I'm going through. And this is a huge sign. You know, there, there were there were signs leading up, you know, my panic attacks, you know, my anxiety attack, my depression, my fatigue, I wasn't sleeping well, I wasn't eating well. But that moment, it was about three weeks, four weeks in probably where I thought to myself, I don't want him. I wish I wouldn't have had him. And that to me was like, whoa, 
that thought is postpartum depression. That is not a thought that should be going through my head. Right. And it's even though you recognize that you're like, this sounds terrible, you still it's it's like, wow, this I feel ter- I feel like a terrible person for thinking this. My postpartum anxiety, I, I it got so bad that I, I didn't want my husband to hold my son. Like I really I was scared. I was like, I can't leave him alone with anybody. Everyone's going to hurt him. I'm the only one that can take care of him. And I recognized in the moment when I said, I don't want John to hold Archie. And I, I, I was like, this is terrible, but I don't care. Like, this is how I feel. Something that I'm, I'm curious about is, did you ever feel any fear in telling someone or opening up to your doctor about how you felt? Because that was something that I felt when I went to the doctors like they gave you they gave us postpartum discretion postpartum depression screenings at my practice but it really felt a little bit careless in how they administered they like tossed they literally tossed me a form it was a bunch of forms you know uh blah 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 blah, blah. oh oh and there's this uh there's this form you can fill out at the end and they I felt like that should be the one thing if you're going to do if they're going to do anything like that's the one thing they should go over with me and yes and spend time on mm-hmm. right and not kind of brush it off like oh you seem fine so i'm not even and did they just take it from you like take the piece of paper look it over and say oh you're fine i was i i was not fine but i was too scared i was too scared to say how i felt because in the back of my mind i was like oh, they're gonna take my baby away like that's how I felt like if I opened up a little bit and seemed not okay I was afraid that they would see me unfit as a mother and they would take my child away and I know that's wrong and that's not why the screening exists but I feel like there needs to be a little bit of bedside manner because you're asking a total stranger to open up to you about right not wanting your child or like having these thoughts like you're not going to say that to a complete stranger Megan right you're like hey I just met you like I Yeah. And thank you for bringing that up because the same questionnaire, I'm sure a similar one was at my practice as well. And it was very much like just handing in a test, right? Like you circled your answer, you handed in, they would look it over briefly and say, oh, you passed, which was my OBGYN's exact words. Oh, you passed. You're okay. You're like, I'm definitely not okay. (laughs) I'm not okay. I mean, and thinking back, I was not completely honest in my answers for similar reasons as you, where I thought this is not going to end well for me. They're going to think that I need to be put in a menstrual institution. If I tell my doctor, I don't want, I regret having my baby and I want, I want to leave him and I don't want anything to do with him. They're going to think that I'm crazy. They're going to, at one point I was like, they're going to call the police and arrest me because I'm having these thoughts and I'm putting a danger to my baby. I mean, my mind went everywhere of worst case scenario. It definitely, there, there needs to be more of an open conversation and an understanding. And, and that speaks a lot that that's where we're at in the year 2021 is that you're just handed a slip of paper, you circle your answers, and that's really it. And I, and I wonder to this day, what if I had been more honest? I, my husband recognized the signs probably before me and really encouraged me to seek help. But what if he hadn't? What if I hadn't recognized the signs? Would it have gotten worse and worse and worse? You know, there, there really needs to be more to that, more time taken for women postpartum. There's so many appointments for your newborn, right? Which are very, very important. But what about, you know, after it's, it's six weeks, isn't it? Until your first. Yeah. No, it is. It's six. That's a lot of time. A lot of time. That, that's a lot of, that's a lot of time. 
I actually remember there was one appointment with my pediatrician where I asked something about me and he was like, no, 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 you go, call your, you call your practice for that. We just take care of the baby. And I was like, what? Like, why isn't there more of a marriage between like pediatric care? I, I feel like it should be more like whole family care because that's really what it is. And taking care of the mom is taking care of the baby. A happy mom is a happy baby. If you have a mom who's stressed, who's sleep deprived, who's unhappy, who's anxious, that is going to affect a relationship with the baby, the baby's care, you know, because if you're stressed, how can you not, you know, how can you give yourself fully to your baby? It's so hard, you know, and I knew that too, which is, I was like, you know, I, he probably feels that I'm not in it with him he probably thinks that I'm just nursing him and passing him off I know he's only however many days old or weeks old but uh, that was another sense of guilt of that I'm not giving my baby a hundred percent of me because I can't give myself a hundred percent of me I don't recognize myself because I'm having bad thoughts and I'm sad all the time and I don't want to be around him so that it needs you're exactly right it needs to be family care where we're focusing honestly making sure that the baby is healthy and gaining weight and doing all that. But we're focusing on mom. Where, how are you mentally? How are you physically? What can we do to make you better? Because when you're better and when you're whole and you're feeling great, your baby's going to feel whole and great. Why isn't it just a simple question that the pediatrician asks? And mom, how are you doing? And what's normal and what's not? I mean, there's no depth, but you know, that's to your point, like it was hard to recognize the signs at first of postpartum depression because Oh, you know, like having a baby is hard. You always hear newborns are, you're not going to sleep. You're going to be cranky. You're going to. So how do you know what is the point of, okay, this is postpartum depression versus this is just like having a baby is really hard. Just doing that research ahead of time to at least know what the symptoms are and what the signs are could be very helpful. I mean, I, that moment for me again was just not just thinking I regret having him I want to I wish I didn't have him I don't want to be with him was the total like wow this isn't just like this isn't just stress and sleep deprivation this is critical depression I did start feeling a little bit better and more like myself when I went back to work I have to say I was still um definitely depressed but I I think that was the boost that I needed to feel more useful, I would say. I know that sounds so weird, but I could go to work and I could have adult conversations and I could actually solve something. You know, I could do something at work that accomplished something and I could see the results and that felt really, really good. So I think that that started to help. But then also when I was at work, I could miss him. I started to miss him, you know, because I wasn't around him 24-7. I was like, oh, wow, I do actually kind of miss him. And so for me, yeah, it was going back to work where it started to help a little bit and then I felt like I had a purpose other than keeping the baby alive. But better. And at that point, I started to miss him and I started to want to hold him instead of just, you know, holding him for a second and passing him off. It, it started to become like, oh, I get to go home to my son. And did you go out back to work after 12 weeks? Like that's I standard. Did. Mm-hmm. And did you go mm-hmm. like into an office or do you work from home? No, I went to an office, which I think also helped just a new environment, uh-huh. uh, getting out, seeing people. Uh, the, I think the adult conversation is something that I had, was really, really missing because, you know, if you an alcoholic, I just had a swoon baby all day long. And now I got to have quiet <laughs> or real conversations. And so just that change in environment really helped. I, I, I didn't get over my postpartum right away, but it definitely helped 
make me feel better and like I had a purpose. Did you ever take the medication? I did. It wasn't until eight months postpartum, which is interesting. But going to work at that three month mark and feeling better, that actually kind of pushed me to, oh, sorry, it was six months. Sorry, at six months, I started taking the medication. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought I'm so I'm almost there you know like I'm feeling better I I loved my son at that point around three and a half months four months is when I actually felt love for him yeah which is so crazy to think about but I did not feel any of that until three and a half months and I finally like and I remember it so clearly actually I got home from work Um, my husband had picked him up from daycare um, and he was crying and my husband handed him to me Oh, I'm getting teary-eyed. My husband handed him to me and he stopped crying. Oh. It was like, I don't know if it was coincidence or maybe I was holding him correctly, but he just, I had him in my arms and he calmed down. And I just thought to myself, wow, I did, I, you know, he knows it's me, it's his mom. And that moment for me was... Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I just like, I can imagine that emo- that feeling must have been pretty amazing. It was so amazing. It was finally that connection that I needed of like, he recognizes who I am and I can do something for this kid. I can be useful to this kid who's mine. So that that was about three and a half months where I I started to feel that. The the insomnia was still there. Um, Some of the anxiety was still there. And so it took a few months, but around six months, I thought, you know what, I let's just try. Maybe this is what I need to feel totally whole again. So I started taking the medication at six months and it did, it made a world of difference. And I really wish I would have started from day one, but I, I did feel like myself again. I was still having some trouble sleeping on it, but I didn't have any sadness. It was like the sadness was just lifted, which was crazy. I'm like, oh my God, this, these, they work. They do what they're supposed to do. You're probably almost in disbelief, like, oh, wow, like, this actually works. And so, you know, a little bit of that anxiety and, again, insomnia stayed with me, I think, just because I tend to overanalyze things and I'm thinking what happens next or, you know, all these life situations come about. But um, the medication and going back to work did it for me. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And how long did you take the medication before or are you still on it? Did you stop it? I just stopped at 16 months postpartum. So that's why I said now at 20, I'm like, I don't think I would need it again. Maybe, but I'm, I've been fine for a few nights, few months here, excuse me. So I feel, I feel good. I feel like myself. I feel like my son is thriving and I'm thriving and I see him and I feel the deepest love, which is so satisfying because I didn't have that in the beginning and I have that now and I'm just going to hold on to it. I think we need to normalize that too, because I... This is more common than I think we this is your case is more common than I think we think it is, because I think a lot of people are afraid to share their story and it it goes undiagnosed when you get a cold. Everybody gets like experiences that cold differently, like some suffer more, some suffer less. And I feel like that's the same with mental illness, too, is there are definitely different degrees of postpartum depression. I feel like so much of that probably goes undiagnosed and then not talked about. And there's still a lot of shame. You're right. We've we've I feel like people are talking about it more, but I feel like it's still not where it's meant to be. And a a good reflection of that is even that postpartum screening, because 
even though to us that sheet of paper felt really flimsy, I had another mom who had a child 10 years ago and she messaged me and said, wow, that's amazing. They didn't even do that 10 years ago. It's just, it's crazy because it's definitely that sheet of paper is not enough, but it's, it's still a step in the right direction. You sharing your story is so brave and so amazing. And thank you so much for being so vulnerable. I, I honestly feel like it can only help. Of course. And I hope so. And, and it did totally being honest here. It took a while for me to be able to use the word like, you know, aside from my husband and I knowing that I had it, it took me a while to even use that word mm-hmm. to say it out loud that I have postpartum depression. Mm hmm. It's that simple sentence. I have postpartum depression. It took a while to come to terms with it, let alone speak it out loud or tell a story. Right. Um, you know, and I hope that more and more women can continue to do that. So when you're in the mom's group that I was in, you hear people say, I feel no connection to my son. And you hear people say, I'm so madly in love. And, you know, little Susie Hugh did this today. And I hope that everyone in the circle can feel totally comfortable sharing and they'll be receptive. You know, the group will be receptive and there will be no judgment and no stigma and everyone can just say what they want to say and feel and not be shameful and and feel confident enough to say it. If nobody's talking about it, it's really hard for you to feel comfortable talking about it. I would just hope that in a mom group, if someone did have the courage to share, that other moms would be able to also recognize postpartum depression because it's that goes back to that whole, it takes a village and a mom community and being there for each other of recognizing that, oh, this woman is definitely suffering from postpartum depression. How can I be of support with her, right? Even if it's connecting her with another mom that's had a similar experience just to hear that story. Um, Because like I was saying before, like part of the reason why I started this podcast is because I was desperate to hear from about other moms experiences because I I really, truly did feel alone in a lot of what I was feeling. Thank you for starting it because (laughs) I found it really helpful and I'm so excited that we can create a community of honesty. And hearing these different stories and not having it be a meme on the internet. Because I feel like when I do see post things about postpartum depression, like on Instagram, it's usually like these are this. It's usually a yes. meme, like you said. It's it's oh. it's rarely a someone really truly sharing. Well, Megan, your story was so powerful, and it even it opened up my eyes to even what postpartum depression looks like. So I can't thank you enough. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for this podcast. I hope that somebody finds it useful. Oh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure someone will. Um, if someone wanted to connect with you about your experience, where can they reach you? Sure. You guys can always email me or we can set up a phone call. Um, my email is meganmlk6 at gmail.com. So if anybody wants to reach out via email. We can absolutely have a conversation, a phone call. I'm not a professional, um, but I am an open ear, willing to listen and hear your experience, share more of my experience, um, whatever you may need, because talking about it is the therapy. I think it's just the biggest therapy. It helps so much just talking about it. So I will be an open ear to whoever. 
Absolutely. And I will put everything we talked about in the show notes today. And um, if you want to talk to Megan, reach out and I'll connect you with her. So thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode. joining us this week on the new mamas podcast i hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did be sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite listening platform have a friend that would like this podcast share the love stay in touch definitely give us a follow on instagram at new mamas podcast i'd also love to continue the conversation with you on my personal account so let's be friends slide into my dms at lena forestal finally be sure to check out my blog at lenaforestal.com for all things motherhood, homesteading, and recipes that both you and baby will love. Thanks again, and stay tuned for next week's episode.